Hey, this is Greg Sanders. Thanks for listening today. It's our hope that this message will help you connect to God, grow in His Word, and serve the kingdom in a greater capacity. Thanks for listening and enjoy today's message. Well, true or false, you can't believe what you see, hear, or feel. True, all right? You can't believe everything you see. That was kind of a weak truth, so I'm going to break it down for you. How many believe that you can't always believe what you hear? Okay? How many of you know that you also can't always believe what you feel? Now, there's a lot of people that don't know that, especially Christians. There are a lot of people that think we walk by feelings when we've actually been called to walk by faith. You also can't believe everything you see in the natural. Just because you see something some way doesn't mean that is the way it is. We are living in a time of heightened suspicion. You know, we live, the, the, the terminology fake news is everywhere. You're always wondering, is that really real? Is that really the way it happens? Truth is mis- mixed with fiction a lot of times. It happens in different areas of life. It happens in the political landscape. It happens in our culture. It even happens in, in, in the church sometimes. And, and I, I began to ask this question several months ago. I wonder how this, the way we live now, I mean, I think all of us, whether you raise your hand or not, you're always filtering what you hear, what you see, and what you feel, or at least I hope you are. I know I am. And I begin to wonder, how is this constant living in a, 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 a desire and necessity, really, to filter what is fact from fiction? What type of effect is this happening on our lives? There, there's some things, some people just give up. They just give up trying to figure out what is right, what is wrong, what is fact, what is fiction. Some people just give up trying. Some people just, well, if it's on the radio, it must be true. If it's on, if it's on the internet, it must be true. If, that's, if you fall into that camp, then we will pray for you because just because it's out there doesn't mean it's true. But today we're starting a series called Open Our Eyes. I believe the only way we can successfully navigate the culture and the world we live in today is we must be people that walk by faith sight and not just what we see, hear, and feel with our natural eyes, our natural ears, and just what we feel. If you just go by feelings, you're going to be led astray more times than you can count. And I want you to tell, I also want you to know today that God has more for you than just what you see. God has more for you than what you just feel. God even has more for you than what you would think is even possible. I talked a few moments ago about how sometimes we stop believing God for things. And when we stop believing God for more things from Him, it's not because we have become spiritually satisfied. It's actually because we have become spiritually stagnant. We have believed a lie that what I have is all there is. And I want to tell you that no matter how, on a scale of 1 to 10, if you believe your spiritual experience is just rocking out a 10 this morning, or whether you feel like you're at the bottom of the barrel spiritually, here's the reality for all of us. God has more for you. You have not come close to receiving everything that God wants to do in and through your life today. But sometimes we need God, matter of fact, all the time, we need God to open our eyes spiritually to partake in what He's given to us. So the next few weeks, we're going to talk about 
We're just, it's a prayer I want to lead you in. It's a simple prayer. And here's the prayer. God, open our eyes. When I hear something, if I like it or I don't like it, God, open my eyes to see the truth. When I feel something, whether it makes me feel good or feel bad, God, open my eyes to see, is this really you? God, open my eyes. In 2 Kings chapter 6, we see we're going to find a guy who needed his eyes open. Chapter 6, it says, Now the king of Aram was at war with Israel. And after conferring with his officers, he said, I will set up my camp in such and such place. Then the man of God sent word to the king of Israel and said, Beware of passing that place because the Amerians are going to go down, are going down there. So the king of Israel checked out the place indicated by the man of God. Time and time again, Elisha warned the king of Israel so that he was on guard in such places. This enraged the king of Aram. So I'm not sure if you're picking up what we're reading this morning, but you got one king, the king of Aram, who's trying to attack the people of God. And every time he thinks he has set the perfect trap to catch, to take hostage, to sabotage the people of God, every time he thinks that he's got them where he wants them, Elisha tells the, the king, hey, don't go there. It's a trap. And so this is frustrating the king of Aram to the point he is convinced that there's a traitor among them. So in verse 11 it says, tell me, who is giving away our secrets? In verse 12 they say, none of us, my lord the king, but Elisha the prophet who's in Israel, he tells the king of Israel the very words you speak in your bedroom. Go and find out where he is, the king ordered so I can send men to capture him. They reported back, he's in Dothan. So he sent horses and chariots and a strong force. They went by night and surrounded the city. And when the servant of the man of God, which is Elisha's servant, when he woke up in the morning, he got up, he went out early in the morning, and he saw an army of horses and chariots had surrounded the city. And he said, oh no, my Lord, what shall we do? And Elisha said in verse 16, don't be afraid. Those who are with us are more than those who are with them. And then Elisha prayed. And here's where our theme is coming from for the next few weeks. Open his eyes, Lord, so that he may see. Then the Lord opened the servant's eyes, and he looked and saw the hills full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. And as the enemy came towards him, Elisha prayed to the Lord, strike this army with blindness. And so he struck them with blindness as Elisha asked. I'll stop there. We'll get to the rest of the story later. But Father, I pray that this morning you will do spiritual eye surgery on us this morning. Help us to see things as they are, not as we wish them to be, not as we think them to be, and not as others say they are. Help us to see them as they are. God, I, help, I pray you'll help me speak the words of God, the words of God alone. Help us to hear and respond to what the Spirit of God is saying to us this morning. And we'll give you thanks for it. And by the room said, amen. Too many times 
I'm convinced that the enemy talks us out of taking advantage of what God has provided for us. The enemy convinces you and me that we're surrounded, that we're outnumbered, we're outgunned, we're overpowered, that we're trapped, that there's no way to escape, there's no way out, and we believe it. We buy it. We believe that, that the, the, the reality that we woke up to this morning, that servant woke up to the reality that their city is surrounded by their enemies. They are, you know, life is over. We're about to be dead or worse. You know, it, it's, 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 it's a bad day. But Elisha prayed a prayer. He said, Lord, open his eyes. Did you know that many people that walk beside you every single day are spiritually blind? 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse, 2 Corinthians chapter uh, 4, verse number 4, talks about how the God of this age, and that is a little g, not the God we serve, but how, how the demonic forces of our age blind people so they cannot see the hope that is in Jesus Christ. And I also fear that sometimes we let our guard down as believers and he doesn't just blind people outside of the church or outside of the kingdom of God. Sometimes we fall for the tricks of the enemy and he blinds us too. We believe his lies. We believe what he shows us. We believe our own feelings and we find ourselves cowarding instead of standing in confidence. And I want to point something out to you this morning. Elisha did not pray that God would change the circumstance. He only prayed God let him see how things really are today. I don't know about you, but how many times, how many, how many hours of your life have you spent praying God changed things? Elisha did not pray God, send this army away. He did not pray, let us defeat them in battle. He just said, God, just open his eyes. Let him see how things really are. See, open our eyes spiritually is a work that only God can do. And this morning, I'm praying the next two or three weeks as we endeavor on this subject, I'm praying that you will pray with me, God, do something that only you can do. Open my eyes spiritually so that I can see things, not how I want them to be, but how things are. You know, I got a friend of mine. He called me several years ago, and he's a leader in his church. And he said, you know, Greg, I'm really upset. I said, what are you upset about? He said, you know, during our service, and we do the same thing here. He said, during our service, they adjust the lights up and down. You know, they're kind of... Right when you walk in, and they kind of lower them during worship service, and they get brighter during the preaching so people can see that, read their Bible, and kind of stuff. He said, but, but man, our church, they're, they're just, I, I got to say, I don't know what to do. I said, what's going on? He said, they turn the lights off. Whole service. I said, what do you mean? He said, yeah, it's dark from the time you get there. Like, I can't even read my Bible, it's so dark. I said, well, why don't you go talk to the pastor or something? Don't call me, I'm not your pastor, go. Talk to him. It's good advice, by the way. <laughs> so he, he didn't do it. People never do that. Sorry, I'm getting off subject here. But, um, but he didn't do it. But he, he did go home, and he got more frustrated because his wife started doing the same thing. 
his wife turned down all the lights in their house. He's like, I'm just walking around. It's like, it's like she changed every light bulb from a 100 watt to a 40 watt. He was so frustrated that the church was turning their lights down. And now his wife is turning the lights down at his house. And so finally someone suggested maybe you should go to see a doctor. So he went to the doctor and he found out he had cataracts. And he had surgery, and he realized the church had not changed the lights. His wife had not changed the light bulbs. He just needed a surgery to see things how they really are. Friends, some of us, we are walking around with spiritual cataracts. We're tripping over things we shouldn't be tripping on because we need the Holy Spirit to do some spiritual surgery so that we can see things how they are. And here's the thing. I cannot talk you into seeing things the way you need to see them. Your spiritual guru on television cannot talk you into seeing things how you need to see them. The only thing that can cause you to see things as you're supposed to see them is when you begin to pray the prayer Elijah prayed, God Do spiritual surgery on my spiritual eyes so that I can see what you want me to see. So that I can see what I'm not seeing today. Because when you receive spiritual perception, there are several things it does. You see it in this passage. Number one, it spoils the plan of the enemy. What was meant to destroy you can't destroy you because you see it coming. I know we've got a lot of military people in the room today, and, and I, I believe if you were to tap them on the shoulder and ask them after service if what I'm about to say is true, I think they're going to tell you it's true. One of, the greatest, one of the greatest ways to attack an enemy, militarily speaking, is with a surprise attack. I had never heard of the term shock and awe until we began to send our military into, was that Desert Storm? When that term, when I learned that term, when we saw people, they, they was a, it was a overwhelming, it was a, it was a surprise attack. It was at night. It was people going where they weren't expecting to see and doing things that they, it was impossible. But that's what happens when you have spiritual sight. You can spoil the plans of the enemy. Number two, it, 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 it reminds you that you're not alone, that you're not outnumbered. It shows us how to respond in a way that brings glory to God and not frustrating ourselves. It also teaches us how to share what God is doing with others. This servant, he was blinded to all of this. He was blinded to the help of God. He was blinded to the power of God. He was blinded to the presence of God. He was blinded to the idea that God could take what's supposed to be a a terrific attack and actually use it. If you read the rest of the story, that's what you're going to find out. That God can actually use what's supposed to destroy you. To be the moment that frees you. He was blind to all of that. Because he couldn't see. I wonder if all of us would be bold enough to sometime today. In the days to come. Ask this question to the Lord. Lord what is it that's blinding me? What if we practice just enough humility, and if you, if you feel like I'm in your face today, I'm just preaching to myself as well. What if I asked myself this question, what if it's not everyone else that's blind? What if it's me? What is it that I need to see that I'm not seeing? And begin to ask the Lord to, to show me that spiritually. Is it, is it 
what I'm feeding myself? Is it, is it a temptation that I think is okay, but it's actually destructive? Is it a lie I'm believing? Is it fear that's crept in my heart? What, what is it that I am not seeing that I need to see? I want to ask you to pray four different prayers with me this morning. Here's the first prayer I'm going to ask you to pray. It's, Lord, open my eyes to the plan of the enemy. Did you know the enemy has a plan to destroy your life? He has a plan of destruction with your name on it. How many of you made New Year's resolutions this year? Wow, not many of you. Hey, you just going to stay the way you are. Okay, go ahead, that's fine. Why would you change this? I understand. <laughs> did you know? Did you know the devil made New Year's resolutions? Here's his New Year resolution to steal, kill, and destroy. Pastor, that's the same one he made last year. Yep. He's sticking with it to kill, steal, and destroy. But he does it a lot of different ways. Matter of fact, 1 Peter says to be sober and be vigilant, to remember that you have an adversary who, who is, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. He's making traps and plans to sabotage your life. And sometimes I feel like we make it too easy for him. Sometimes we just walk right into it. We turn a blind eye to what God says we should put careful consideration in. So the first prayer is, God, open my eyes to the plans of the enemy. God, give me the ability to see strings are attached to every temptation. God, give me the ability to understand that there is fine print in every opportunity of compromise. How many in the room have learned to read the fine print when you sign something? You sign up for something. Did you know every time we sin or compromise the Word of God, we're signing up for something? And the enemy tries to get us to ignore the fine print. But God can open our eyes to see the truth for what it is. He can open our eyes to see temptation for what it is. 1 Corinthians says that there's no temptation that comes to you that the Lord doesn't always know about and doesn't always provide a way of escape. If we will pray, God, open, your eye, open my eyes to the plan of the enemy. When he comes against you with opportunities to compromise or go backwards or to sin, he will always show you a way out of that situation. Number two, here's a second prayer. I want to ask you to pray with me this week is this. God, open my eyes to your presence. Would you pray that prayer with me out loud? Or your mark set, go. God, open my eyes to your presence. Did you know you can be in the presence of someone, but your mind is so busy you don't even notice they're there? Did you know that? Last Saturday night, many of you were here. There's like 300 and something people in the room last Saturday night, and it's 20 minutes till service time, water starts flowing out of the stage. How many of you are in here for that? Wasn't that wonderful? Water starts flowing out, and I get home, and so, you know, 
and by the way, many of you just like sprung into action. You became uh, like, like mop ninjas and began to suck up all that. It was amazing. I wish we had video of it. And we get home, and I begin to read Facebook. And uh, Lisa, you posted on Facebook that night, and several other people. And, and I got home, and I thought, oh, I didn't even know that person was there. Do you know who I know who was at candlelight service? I know I was here. I know Megan was there. I'm pretty sure Addison was here. But the rest of it, like, all I had on my brain was there is water coming out of the platform. They're singing about Jesus, but I know there's wires down there. Is at some point during, oh, holy night, is it going to be, oh, boom, and something catches on fire. Like, I'm just, I was sitting there. I was acting spiritual, but my, I had no idea who was in the room. I know it was a bunch of people. We can do the same thing with God. We can be so consumed with like that servant. He says, oh my, we are surrounded by this vast army. And he's so overwhelmed by what he sees, he forgets who's with him. And so we got to pray. God, open my eyes to your presence. Help me to help me pray and realize that God, your presence is here. In Psalm chapter 24, the question is asked, who is the king of glory? He is the Lord of hosts. That servant had to realize that God was with them, and when God is with them, there is more than enough help for what it is you're facing today. He can be your refuge and your strength. Also, that, that servant, when he heard the prayer, or when Elisha prayed, God opened his eyes that so he can see. Elisha did not tell the servant. And sometimes as Christians we say this. And if we're saying this, or if you hear me say it, help me, okay? The way you help me is say, stop it, okay? That's the way you help yourself. Sometimes I feel like we give this sort of advice when things are going wrong. Just pretend like it's not there. <laughs> Ignore it. And it'll go away. Did you know Elisha didn't say, now listen, listen, little buddy. I know that we are, we are surrounded by the greatest military might around here. But just, just pretend like it's not there. Just pretend like God is here and pretend like they are gone and operate that way. Do you understand recognizing God's presence is not a matter of pretending? It's a matter of reality. The psalmist said, where can I go to escape the presence of the Lord? If I, make, if I rise to the highest heights, He's there. If I make my bed in hell, He's there. Where, wherever I am, that's where He is. I don't have to pretend that. It's the reality. He's God with us. Emmanuel. We just celebrated last week. He is here. So spiritual perception is not about pretending. It's about recognizing the Lord is with us. The psalmist said, though a mighty army surrounds me, my heart will not be afraid. Even if I'm attacked, I will remain confident. Why? Because I know that God is with me. And when we recognize the presence of God is with us, it reminds us that the power of God is greater than the forces of our enemy. How many of, how many of you understand if you're going to surround someone, 
There has to be more of you than there are of them, or you can't surround them. When the servant looked at the hills, he didn't just see some, some angels with trumpets ready to put on a choir show. They were the armies of heaven. Elisha is walking in confidence while the servant is walking in fear. They're in the exact same situation. But one sees the whole picture and the other one just sees part of the picture. And friends, the enemy is wanting you to walk around the rest of your life only seeing the enemy's half of the picture. But I want to tell you that God's half is greater. His half is more powerful. His army is more numerous. His army has so much more power that it's not worth comparing to the acts of the enemy. When I was a kid, there was a radio broadcast. It was my favorite one. And uh, I, don't, I don't think you can even find old episodes now. Maybe you can, but there was a, a radio broadcast called The Rest of the Story by Paul Harvey. Does anybody remember the rest of the story? If you're too young to remember that, just go home and Google it. I promise you, it'll, be, it'll entertain you for a good 45 seconds. It's, it's good stuff. But he would, always, he would always start his radio program by telling you a fact about something that everyone knows. But then he would back it up and he'd say, now here's the rest of the story. And it was usually some sort of impressive, amazing story how someone became something out of nothing, how they invented something that was an accident, something that you use every day was, you know, it's just all these amazing stories. The rest of the story. This servant saw the armies of the enemy, but he didn't see the rest of the story. And sometimes I feel like we need God. Lord, open my eyes to your presence so I can see the rest of the story. To realize this is not the end. This is not the end of my life. This is not the end of my, of my career. This is not the end of, of whatever it is I'm facing today. That, that you can actually do something beyond what I can imagine. Number three, here's the third prayer. Pray this with me this morning. Dear God. All right, three of us are praying. Let's all pray. All right, Marcus said go. Dear God, open my eyes. To your greater plan. Sometimes my prayer life is like this. Please don't look down at me when I say this. God, just kill him. <laughs> Not really. But, but just kick him in the shins real, real good, God. Just, just, just <clears throat> move him to Siberia. Just. But Elisha didn't pray that that army would be destroyed. He just had an idea that maybe God's got a greater plan than my plan. Doesn't the Bible say as far as the heavens are above the earth, that's how far his plans are above my plans. And as long as I'm operating with my plans, I am operating thousands and thousands of feet below the way God would let me operate if I would let him be in control. So we pray, God, open my eyes to your greater plan. You know what happens in the story? If you finish the story, you can go home and read it this afternoon. But what happens is Elisha prayed 
God, open my servant's eyes. And then he prays, God, blind this army. And this army, Elisha walks out to him and says, who are you looking for? They said, Elisha. And Elisha says, let me show you where he is. And so Elisha, the guy they're looking for, to kill, to capture, leads them right into the city square where they are completely surrounded now by the army of Israel. And they ask, should we do what Greg said and kill him? And Elisha said, no, no, no. We're going to bless them and send them on their way. Now, how many of you would say, oh, yeah, that's the way I would do it, too? No. But the Word says that from that time on, they stopped invading that territory. What the, what the might of people couldn't stop, the plan of God stopped. At some point, we have to ask ourselves, am I going to keep fighting my battles and my strength, or am I going to start fighting them in God's strength? Because on my best day, all I ever do is get a moment of relief, but God can provide a life of blessing. That's one of the psalmists says, it's better to take refuge in the Lord than it is to trust in people. Jeremiah said, this is what the Lord says, cursed are those who put their trust in mere humans who rely on human strength and turn their hearts away from the Lord. So we've got to pray, God, show me your plan. Here's my last point, me, if you want to come. I want to ask you to pray this with me. On your mark, get set, go. Dear God, open my eyes to my own spiritual condition. When you read the story... Do you feel more like Elisha? Your eyes are wide open. Or do you feel more like the servant? That I'm only seeing part of the picture. When I read this story, I like to think of myself more like Elisha. I'm the man of God. I'm the God follower. I see as God wants me to see. But the reality is that there were two people who suffered blindness in this account. There, were the, there was a servant of Elisha who, by proxy, was a servant of God. And then there was the army of Aram. Both the God follower and the enemy suffered from blindness. All that to say, it is very possible that you can be a person in love with God and you're walking around with spiritual blindness, only seeing half of what you need to see. If it can happen to me, it can happen to you. It's also possible that you're in the room today, you're watching online, and you are not a God follower at all. And you are what Paul talked about in Corinthians. The God of this age has blinded you so that you cannot see the hope of the gospel. And everything about God makes absolutely no sense to you. I just believe this morning, if you'll sincerely pray, God, open my eyes. He will come to you. He will draw you, will transform you like nothing else. But I want to ask you a couple of questions to close up. You'll bow your heads with me this morning, just so you can 
Focus on what the Lord is speaking to you and not what someone else is doing or not doing. But here's my first question. What is your spiritual condition this morning? Do you feel like you're seeing the whole picture clearly? If so, then fantastic. But I just want to challenge you. What if, what, what if by some slim chance... What if we're more like the servant than we are Elisha? What if there's more that we need to see than just what we see? And if that is possible today, I would just challenge you. Would you you be humble enough, but also bold enough to pray, God, open my eyes so I can see the reality of my life. That though there are enemies present, there is a greater army that's with me. Some of you in this room, you have been so consumed with the armies around you that you have forgotten that God is with you. You have been so stressed out, and if I can even use the word freaking out, over the trials of life, that you have forgotten that the one who said, I will never leave you and I will never forsake you, is still with you and wants to see you through. God, open our eyes to the presence of God. Would you just spend the next 30 seconds praying that prayer? God, open my eyes to the presence of the Lord. Open my eyes to the things of God. Open my eyes to the promises of the Lord. Open my eyes to realize that this thing I'm in today Lord, it does not have the final say. You have the final say. You have the last words. Lord, open my eyes to see what you want me to see about me, about my family, about ministry, about whatever it is today. Lord, open my eyes so I can see the truth. In Jesus' name. Now, here's a second prayer I want us to pray together. And I want to ask you to look at me real quick. A transformation took place in this account that I know many of you want to see happen. I think Elisha could have sat down with his servant and shared for all day long about the goodness of God and the faithfulness of God and how he should have more faith and how he should have more confidence and you know all this stuff and that servant would have said yeah I believe that yeah uh uh-huh yeah yeah got it got it got it got it heard it learned it yeah I know that but you, you can't let me just, let me stop, because here's where I'm going. How many of you know someone that's spiritually blind? Someone that needs to go from death to life, or someone that's just, they're stuck, they're stagnant. And what, what a lot of times we want to do is we want to explain them into spiritual sight. We want to, we want to educate them into spiritual perception. When you cannot educate people into spiritual sight. That's why Elijah didn't waste 
his day trying to convince his servant. He just prayed, God, open his eyes. When I see something that someone else doesn't see, that doesn't make me more spiritual than them. That's called arrogance, which means there's something I need to see about me. I'm arrogant now because I think what I see makes me better than that person. No, when I see something that someone else is not seeing, that's not my opportunity to condemn them. That is my opportunity and responsibility to pray for them. Because God can do more through your praying for them than He can through your condemning them. And so if you have someone in your life, which I know we do, there are people coming to my mind right now that I know they are blinded by the enemy. Some of them are they're staying 100 million miles away from anything that has to do with the church because they think people hurt them. They don't understand they were victims to a demonic plan to separate them from the body of Christ here on planet Earth. And so we love them, we pray, for, we, we encourage them, sure we share the truth with them, but what the only thing that's going to really change them is if God will open their eyes. Amen? So I want to ask you to join me by standing today, and here's our last final prayer together is would you begin to call out on behalf of someone else that you know is suffering spiritual blindness? Would you begin to pray for them right now? I'm going to do that. I'm not going to mention names because I don't think I need to mention people's names with a microphone, but I believe God, would you just pray together that God would bring spiritual perception of those who cannot see? God, I pray right now for our friends and our families that you have, you have put around us, Lord, and you've not put them around us so that we can shun them, that we can say, oh, look, you ought to know that. You ought to see that. But God, I pray that you, you would use us to be the light in dark places, that you could use us to be the body of Christ. But Lord, you also, we, you're going to use us, but we're going to pray for them, that Father, you do what only you can do. God, when we feel like we are helpless to the situation, God, do what you can do. When we feel like it's too late, that they're surrounded, that it's too far gone, Lord, open their eyes. Lord, open their eyes to the love of Jesus. Open their eyes that there is a way out. Open their eyes that there is a better way. Open their eyes to the fact that their life can change. God, open their eyes. God, open the eyes of the addict. God, open the eyes of the abuser. God, open the eyes of the lost. Open the eyes of the hurting. God, open the eyes of those who feel like they've been left and abandoned by people. God, open their eyes to see that you have not left them, but you are surrounding them, waiting for them to call upon you, ready for you to be their help, to be their guide. God, help them today. Help them today. Close your eyes real quick. In the last 30 seconds, you say, Pastor, I'm in the room, and I'm, I'm not a Jesus follower. But in the last 30 seconds, I just feel like my eyes have been opened. And today, I don't even know what, all, what it all it means. But I know starting today, I need to start following Jesus. Would you lift your hand real quick? That's me, Pastor. Pray for me. I'm not going to embarrass you or call you out. But you just know, hey, in the last 30 seconds as we are praying, amen? Who else today? The Lord's just kind of opened my eyes. I need to start following him. 
Who else today? Do you know what the Word says? I say it almost every Sunday. Every Sunday, First John reminds us that if we will confess our sins, that God is faithful to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from everything that's not right. So, Father, I pray right now for those who lifted their hands and say they are far from God. But, Lord, today you are reeling them in. You are drawing them in. They have prayed in the last few seconds. God, open my eyes to see what you want me to see. God, I pray that today as they embark a new venture of following Jesus, Lord, they said that they're going to follow you, which means that they're trusting you with their life, that their sin is forgiven, their past is eradicated, and their future is secure with you. God, I pray that today they will find someone who is a Christ follower. They will share that decision with them, and they will begin the journey of being a follower of Jesus for their entire life. I pray that over this church in Jesus' name. Amen? Amen? And God bless you. We give the Lord a hand clap for his word today. Two things. Number one, week of prayer starts a week from the day. We'd love you to be a part of it. But just begin preparing for next week by praying that simple prayer. God, open my eyes. Also, I would love for you to join us on the Bible reading plan. It's on my Facebook page. It's on the bulletin. Sign up. Start with us today. God bless you. We love you. Have a wonderful afternoon. Happy New Year's Day. Hello, this is Greg Sanders, pastor of the Assembly here in Cabot. I want to say thanks for listening today. If you are ever in the Cabot area, we'd love to have you join us for a service. For service times, check out our webpage at theassemblycabot.com. Thanks again for listening. We hope you have a great day, and God bless.